That's the Mile High Hoops podcast with me, Zach By, powered by my friends at Superbook Sports. Stand up, Nuggets Nation. It's now time for the Mile High Hoops podcast with Zach By, presented by Superbook Sports on your home for the most Nuggets content, Denver's Sports Station, 1043 The Fan. What is up and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops podcast. As always, I am your host, Zach By, And as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your very busy day with me here on the podcast, reacting to the third win in a row for the Denver Nuggets. A 129-113 high scoring affair at Ball Arena against the lowly Houston Rockets who just refused to play defense. As did the Nuggets, by the way, for most of the game. Uh, this was a high-scoring affair that after the first quarter was like 42-39 to 39 after 12 minutes of basketball. Uh, it didn't really slow down. I mean, you're talking about 129, 139, like over 100 uh, or over 240 points scored in this. So as we sort of talk through some of... Uh, the stuff that happened in this game that was really good uh, for the Denver Nuggets. We have to keep in mind um, the lens that we're examining uh, this win through. Uh, first and foremost, you don't apologize for any win. I don't care that the Houston Rockets are bad. Houston Rockets actually played really well offensively uh, in that first half. It had me like, oh, is this going to be like uh, Detroit Pistons part two from uh, about a week ago? Really bad loss. We talked about it here on the podcast. I was at that game. Uh, anyway, I was like, is this going to be a repeat of the of, of the Pistons game? And it wasn't. And f- for, for a number of reasons, one, they 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 decided to play defense uh, in that in that second half and particularly in that third quarter it got much better. Like think about this. The Houston Rockets scored 39 points in the first quarter. In the third quarter, they score 23. In the fourth quarter, they scored 22. So uh, it did get better defensively, but it wasn't sort of any sort of defensive uh, showcase by any means in any quarter. So I don't want to misrepresent it either. Um, This game for me, the big takeaway uh, is that Jamal Murray uh, gets closer and closer to being back. And and I'm doing like air quotes like back. Uh, Is Jamal Murray back? Was that the official I'm back game? He goes for a season high 31 points. He went four for eight from three, five for six from the charity stripe, 11 for 17 from the floor in, in just 25 minutes. He was so fun to watch Jamal. I mean, he, this guy was in a flow. He looked comfortable. There was a couple different, you know, um, plays that happened really early uh, in the game that I'm like, Oh, there, there there's a sense of comfortability uh, from Jamal tonight, and maybe it was the Houston Rockets defense, whatever. Um, you're just looking for signs that that Jamal uh, can get back to where he was pre-injury, and and I don't think he's there yet. Before we break down some of the nuances of this game, I don't I don't think he's there. I'm not going to let uh, Monday night at Ball Arena against the now five and fifteen Houston Rockets be like the referendum game that Jamal Murray's back. Uh, he still doesn't have the burst and the same sort of quickness that he had before the injury. That's still um, coming down the pike. And actually, um, in my notes here, Michael Malone was asked about it after the game. He's like, no, he's not back quite yet. There's another level of game shape. 
there's another level of defense and there's another level of playmaking. And I agree on all three fronts, despite us um, reacting to the big takeaway is that Jamal was freaking great. Both of those things are true. Jamal was great on Monday night, scoring 31 points against the Rockets. But also we have to remember quite what it looked like um, when he was at the peak of his powers. So, um, but this is good. This is this. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not being a downer by any uh, uh, means. This was an awesome, awesome, not just step forward, but almost like a triple jump, uh, moving forward, a springboard, if you will, uh, for Jamal uh, in terms of just confidence. Man, you scored 31 points in an NBA game. That's amazing. And by the way, two Nuggets score 30 points or more. They said this on the on the broadcast. Two. Nuggets score 30 points or more in the same game for already the second time this season. Didn't happen at all last year. Didn't happen at all. Not one time. And here you have it happening in multiple instances within the first 20 games of the season. And it's not going to be the last time. I, I can just tell you if this is the way this keeps trending with Jamal. So uh, really encouraging a um, couple of plays that led me to believe that this was going to be a uh, a, a good game for for Jamal is that um, you know he just uh, like he had he had one of these like vintage Jamal moves where he goes up uh, this is in the first quarter he goes up like he's going for a floater all right he's about four or five feet out from the basket and he's comfortable enough to not just let it go but to in the air go to a scoop but it wasn't a layup. It wasn't a layup. The scoop had to travel like four feet. And it was just like something that you do in a gym when you're freaking comfy. And that was the early signs. And I'm like, okay, we got we, we to gotta watch this. And I forget how many he had in the first quarter. I think he had like 10 points in, the first, um, in that first quarter where the Nuggets scored 42 points in the first 12 minutes. Highest scoring first quarter of the season uh, on Monday night. And then, you know, he had a, um, you know, he had a fake to Jokic down the middle of the lane and um, was just sort of like dipsy doing it. That was a separate play. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Um, it, it, good, good building block. We'll see what it looks like moving forward. All right. Let's see. Let, let's see if he can, you know, string together these performances. Let's see if he can um, do it against a, a good NBA basketball team. Um, Jokic scored 32, probably could have had 50, uh, there's no, and I mean that in the most literal sense. Of course, there was not an answer uh, on Houston uh, for Nikola Jokic. He actually was going at it uh, pretty good um, with uh, Shangun, the uh, Turkish center, uh, who I actually like. I actually like that kid. I mean, he scored 18 points uh, in 23 minutes. Um, big six eleven dude, uh, rookie. Uh, he's he's just a kid. Uh, but I like the fight that that kid brought. And Jokic was like, oh, okay, you, you, are you sure you want this? I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you this work. Um, I thought Jokic was great. I thought Jokic was absolutely great. Um, in his 27 minutes, he scores 32 points. He was 11 of 17 from the field. Now, the stat sheet said he made one of two from three. If you watch the game, I thought Jokic had three threes. I didn't quite realize um, until uh, I think it was Hastings on the broadcast who said, "Yeah, they 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 called that back, and maybe I may, maybe I missed you know a review, uh, a, a review of it retroactively, like a dead ball when they go back and say no, that was only two. Um, I thought he made three threes. The stat sheet said he just had one. I don't really care what the stat sheet said. My eyes tell me that his willingness to shoot 
of the three-point ball. He has really struggled from three this year, and I have this in my notes here. He came into the season shooting 9 of 32 um, from three-point range, and that was definitely a missing ingredient of his game uh, in this early season. And uh, so even though the stats say is just one three, my, my eyes tell me that, okay, that was a huge step forward for that guy in that department. And I think it was just because Shane Goon was, he just refused to, to, to bring uh, or to, to bring himself out to the three point line to guard Jokic. And at a certain point as a basketball player, like there's a sense of pride, like, okay, you're, you're really not going to come out here at all. Well, I'm going to shoot it. So anyway, a good step forward in that regard uh, for Nikola Jokic. Uh, his numbers across the board were 32 points, 12 rebounds, 8 assists. Doesn't play a second in the fourth quarter. Uh, neither did Aaron Gordon. Neither did Jamal Murray, I don't believe. Uh, Aaron Gordon played just 14 minutes. Uh, four points in just 14 minutes. Um, it was kind of like a pseudo uh, night off for him. And the four points that he had were, I think they were, I think they were both dunks. He had the... Jokic, yeah, 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 yeah. Because I remember him uh, verbatim. He had the one where, and and Aaron Gordon is so good at this. Okay, it feels like three or four times a game, and last night it only happened twice. But it feels like three, four, five times a game at points. Aaron Gordon either finds an and occupies an open vacancy, and this happened in that first quarter where there's just no one around. Um, the front of the rim or, or or just like right under the rim. And Aaron Gordon just goes and fills that vacancy. That's a smart play. It seems like really rudimentary. That's a smart play, just filling that space because he knows who he's playing with. And Jokic feeds him the ball immediately, and he explodes vertically, Gordon does, and reverse dunks it. And I forget who was in the poster. Um but it was almost like Mason Plumley asked, like Mason would love to go to that reverse dunk um, without a second hesitation. It was just very natural to him. And I've seen Aaron Gordon like adopting that a little bit more here uh, this season. And then the other one was just, um, I, 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 I think it was just a cut or I know it wasn't even a back screen. It was just a backdoor cut that he gets behind the defender's ears and Jokic throws it at the rim and Aaron Gordon one hands alley-oops it. So there, there's his four points, filling a vacancy and Jokic finds him for the reverse dunk, and then he goes back door, cuts behind the defender's um, uh, back of his head, and finishes a dunk. That was his night, and he deserved it. After he what uh, uh, the 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 road trip and how he finished it with the twenty nine points against the Clippers, and in the overtime um, win against Oklahoma City, uh, he had thirty one points. So he's had a huge week. So that guy, um, they probably could have given them him the night off. Um, but I'm sure he wants to play. And you take 14 minutes, that's that's as close to a night off for Aaron Gordon as you're going to get. But we've been talking about the fit that Aaron Gordon is on this team. Um, and, and it's not like, again, it was once a massive night for Aaron Gordon. But I wanted to make sure I said this coming off of the couple games that he had against OKC and the Clippers and seeing what I saw in that first half. The best thing that ever happened to this dude's career is playing alongside Nikola Jokic. Unequivocally. Um, they said on the broadcast... That and I thought this was really telling. That that Aaron Gordon had um, at the at the time, and I guess this is still true because he didn't score after it. He has two hundred and eight dunks as a Denver Nugget. One hundred and four of them have come directly from Jokic. Think about that. That is exactly half of the dunks that he has had, and he leads the NBA in dunks. Half of them 
are spoon-fed from Jokic. So I, I, I just, I absolutely love it. Um, okay, uh, more stuff. There was no MPJ. There was no Jeff Green. He's still dealing with that knee contusion. No uh, Bones Highland. I did think it was weird, um, and they, they mentioned this on the broadcast as well, that the Nuggets coaches were wearing the red tops. Um, and I kept on getting confused with the sideline, and I know I shouldn't have, but a couple times I had to do a double take. If you're going to wear the red tops, first of all, I'm not a huge fan of uh, the red being the dominant color for the Nuggets. Whatever, it's a brand change. Things happen. I don't have to like everything. Um, but maybe not wear the red when you're playing the Rockets, maybe? I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm crazy. Uh, it was good to see Kenyon Martin in the house watching his son, KJ Martin. I was such a big fan of his uh, growing up back on the East Coast. And, you know, when I was falling in love with the game, uh, he was playing alongside uh, Jason Kidd uh, in the New Jersey Nets, you know, before they were Brooklyn. And it was uh, Kenyon Martin. It was Jay Kidd. It was uh, Kerry Kittles. It was Keith Van Horn. Um, there was another... Um, Oh, I'm trying to remember. Um, was the Collins brother there? And then there was a Williams. Gosh, they're going to make me pull up the old Nets roster. But I was just such a huge fan of uh, Kenyon Martin's intensity uh, and, 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 and the way that he didn't. Um, Kenyon didn't take a lot of nights off. Kenyon always played hard. And I just love that uh, about him. Um, yeah, Jason Collins was was on that team. Richard Jefferson, back when he was just so bouncy. Um, Matumbo was on that team. Rodney Rogers, right? We know that name. Brian Scalabrini. Uh, Aaron Williams, that's who I was thinking of. A former Xavier guy. Uh, Aaron Williams, 6'9", uh, center. Undersized center, but muscular as hell. Chris Childs and Lucius Harris. Remember Lucius Harris with the face mask? Um, yeah, so uh, I loved Kenyon Martin growing up. I love it. You pull back his jersey, and he'd have that, uh, he had that uh, tattoo that said, Badass Yellow Boy. And I just freaking loved Kmart, man. He put you on your ass, too. He put And Vic Lombardi asked him about that. No layups back in, in Kenya Martin's day. Uh, so love to see the former Nugget in the house um, watching his son. That was, that, was, that was pretty cool. I got a soft spot in my heart for that guy. Um, uh, let's talk about Ish Smith and these freaking layups. First of all, Ish Smith was hilariously good. Uh, he shall, well, Let me see his numbers here. Five for nine, had uh, five rebounds, had eight assists. That tied Jokic. <clears throat> For most on Monday night, he finishes with uh, 10 points. But he had these two layups that it almost like belongs in the Sports Center top 10, but like like so unorthodox. And they call them YMCA layups on the on the broadcast. He the first one, he's on the left side of the floor and he goes baseline. And the kicker is he's not looking at the hoop. He is finishing a right handed reverse layup while sprinting away from the hoop while simultaneously never leaving the ground. <laughs> it was like, it was something that like you would expect like Faku Compazzo to master. And then he did it again in the second half, but he did it from the opposite side of the floor. He was on the right side of the floor and went baseline and finished, I believe still with the right hand. Again, he's, he's going baseline. He's under the hoop. He's passing the hoop. And then, late like he's almost like he's almost to the block 
running away from the hoop, not the block running towards the hoop. And he freaking puts that one-handed layup up there. Just like hilarious. Ish Smith has been doing his thing in the NBA uh, for a very long time. I mean, when did Ish Smith come in the league? Like 2010? Something like that. He was coming out of Wake Forest, right? Um, Let me see. Yeah, 2010, 2011, Houston Rockets. Yes, that was so. He, I mean, this. How many teams has he been on? Houston, Memphis, Golden State, Orlando, Milwaukee, Phoenix, OKC, Philly, New Orleans, Philly again. We're at ten. Detroit eleven. Now he spent the the, the most years uh, there, three three seasons. Then you get to Washington for a couple. Now we're at 12 teams. He was in Charlotte for 37 games. Now you're at 13 teams. They went back to Washington. Now you're at 14 teams. Denver is his 15th NBA team. That is so crazy. But you want to know what I like about Ish Smith? Like, well, there's a lot to like about Ish Smith. He's just a pro. Um, but when when you see a guy go back to a place he was, like that that that's like one thing that like. I guess you could be like really proud to say, and, and, and I, th- I think this is true. I hope this is true with me. Like, would any of the bosses that ever hired me, would they hire me all over again? And I'd like to think the answer is yes, whether you're talking about when I got my working papers and went to Subway when I was 15 years old, um, would that same boss hire me? Same, you know what I mean? And when you see a guy um, in that league get welcomed back into the fold at a former stop and he didn't like wear people out, it's usually a good sign. And Ish Smith, that's uh, that's who that guy is. So uh, love to see it uh, from him. Uh, what else? Bruce Brown, he was just okay. We talked about Gordon. We talked about Jamal, of course. KCP was just okay. Um, played 23 minutes. Uh, he was good. I mean, but he's, he's been flame. He was flaming. Uh, three or four from the, the field. Two of three from three. Where does... Where does... KCP rank in three-point field goal percentage. That is what I want to see. Um, He is second in the NBA right now. He is second in the league shooting 50% from three. I wasn't sure exactly where he was, but I knew he was up there. Um, That's actually higher than I thought. He shoot 50%. That's hard to do after after 20 games. So... um, you know, another note I made here watching this game um, is that just how many international players, and I mentioned um, Shengun, like how many international players there are in this league, and I, and I just love it. I love to see it, and I've been talking about this for years, what a global game the game of basketball is. And, and if, if soccer didn't exist, um, basketball would be the most global game in the world, and maybe it'll turn out to be just that, you know, 50 years from now. Um, I said, was it 2022? I said maybe about 2015. I said that half of the NBA uh, in 10 years was going to be international. And while it's not quite there yet, I looked this up and I forget what it was, maybe associated, I forget what I looked it up during the game, but I learned that 120 players from 40 different countries were on opening night rosters in the NBA. And you don't have to look any anywhere past um, the, the the Nuggets and the makeup of their team and their two best players and you know the guys who come off the bench. I mean, it's just 
it's uh it's amazing. It's amazing the growth and flourishing of this game uh that we love so much. And they were all over the court from, you know, a Boban Marjanovic and Jokic and Jamal and uh Naji and Chanchar and um you know, Shangoon and I mean, it is it is almost to the point where like every other uh, Fernando, like every other player is, you know, uh, has some sort of international tie. And I just I just I think it's so cool. That is so welcomed uh, for me. Um, OK, what else uh, have here? Oh, I was good to see Zeke Naji out there. Um, he played 18 minutes, had 15 points. Uh, three rebounds. He was seven to twelve from the field. I'm not going to let this be some big referendum game for for Najee. This was the Rockets uh, in a game that was largely um, uh, uh, handled uh, during the time that he was playing down the backstretch, the major minutes, um, and a couple of the couple of the baskets were just sort of like like freebies. It it, it, be, it it felt like an open gym by the end of this one, but it was still, despite me saying that, it was still good to see. Um. DeAndre Jordan. I thought DeAndre Jordan played pretty well. Uh, you look at the numbers, 19 minutes, 8 points, 10 rebounds, had a couple finishes, and he had an alley-oop from Ish Smith that felt like Clippers cir- circa 2017. I mean, he just was up in the air, catches it with two, finishes with one. He had the one play. Who was on him? Was it uh, uh, Eric Gordon? <laughs> Where uh, Gordon's on his back. He just spins off him and dunks it. Oh, my gosh. That was hilarious. It looked like me and my son on a, on a, on a, on a little kid's hoop. Um, I don't know why Christian Brown's not playing more. I don't know why Christian Brown's not playing more. I thought last night would have been a good night to get him in the mix. Um, he only played six minutes. Uh, it was the least amount uh, other than Jack White. Uh, who's on a two-way? Um, I don't know. I, I I don't know what he did to uh, to. I don't know if he's. I don't know if he's like in the coach's doghouse or he's just a rookie and he's not playing. But I thought he has shown enough, and he's going to make mistakes. He's not a. He's a freaking rookie. But I thought last night was a good game to give him more than six minutes. I, I don't. You know. Um, obviously, uh, I'm a fan of Michael Malone. Um, what what he's built this to. He does more right than wrong. But I, I, I think he's misreading this one a little bit. I think Christian Brown can help this team. Um, whatever. Not a big deal. Uh, it was good to see from Davon Reed uh, make three threes. One of them was off the glass. He gives the Jordan shrug uh, there at the end of the um, at the end of the first. And then Zeke. So you had a, a, a sort of a a, a baseline, um, not a baseline, a um, uh, a buzzer beating three to end the first, and then Zeke Naji makes a buzzer beating three to end the third. So you just love to see it from guys who you know aren't every night contributors um, contributing on a night um, like like last night. Um, how about Jack White finishing that game? He, he's on a two, he's on a two way. First of all, he goes to get a rebound. Zeke Naji, who's his own teammate, puts him on a poster on a putback literally puts his own teammate on a poster and then and then he goes down to play defense even though he just got dunked on by his own teammate and Boban catches it and finishes over him with the right hand it's just like a bad sequence for Jack White who's still waiting for his first NBA bucket um I was about to say I feel bad for him I don't he's in the NBA I mean the kid was at Duke he's he's got a lot going for him but uh you want it for him you know um and there he is getting dunked on by his own teammate and and you got Boban finishing over you by like seven feet um with under a minute left um okay uh Nuggets go to 8-0 when scoring 120 or more 
Uh, that's something to keep an eye on. They had 31 assists. I think that's noteworthy. Uh, they continue to just be this unselfish basketball club. I love it. Um, uh, oh, Michael Malone mentioned this um, after the game. Just just like what the Nuggets have already been through in 20 games. You're talking about eight new players. Eight. That's a lot. Eight new players. Guys have gotten injured. Guys have gotten COVID. They had the worst schedule of any team in the month of November. They played the least amount of home games uh, of any of any club. Um, and he was just like considering all that, like proud of this group. And he went on to say consistency is our greatest challenge. And I definitely co-sign that. It's just the consistency of it all. And I think that you know, hopefully Jamal's turned a corner here. Jokic said uh, prophetically that he was going to suck for 20 games before he figured it out. And there he is on the 20th game going for a season high. Um, but it's turning the corner, that consistency, especially defensively. Like, are you able to like guard for half of the game? Right now they're not. Um, and you can get away with it against Houston because you can score 129 points. Um, but eventually they're going to need to uh, get a little bit better in that department. And that's not um, that's not breaking news by any means. So, all right, we'll leave it there for now, guys. Thanks for being here. Tell a friend about this. Rate the podcast. Um, set an alert uh, for when we drop new episodes. All that stuff matters. And I appreciate you being here very much. Uh, the next game. Deja vu all over again, as Yogi Berra once said. It's the Houston Rockets at home on Wednesday night, once again at 7 o'clock. I will once again take the over in the game no matter what it is. Um, I'm expecting a lot of points to be scored, and I'm expecting the Nuggets to also win their uh, fourth straight game and the, what would it be, the five of six, and the only um, loss in there is that eyesore against uh, the Pistons that I had the pleasure of being at. Okay, boom, we'll leave it there for now. Guys, be safe. We'll talk on uh, Thursday, reacting to hopefully another Nuggets win right here on the Mile High Hoops podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the Mile High Hoops podcast powered by Superbook Sports. Until next time.